It's a sled. He's dead. The box contains his wife's head. Vader's his father. They're allergic to water. She's her sister and her daughter. You watched it wrong. Hello, hello, hello. Don't worry. I used to be a bomb guy. That's just a quote for the movie, just so I don't you know, get in any actual trouble. That would be bad for me. This is Wade. And this is Siggy, and you're listening to You Watched It Wrong, the show where we take a movie and talk about it to death until it is dead. Hello, hello, hello. Don't worry. I used to be a bomb guy. That's just a quote from the movie, just so I don't get in any actual trouble. You know, that would be bad for me. This is Wade. And this is Siggy, and we're apparently doing a belabored bit related to our movie selection for today. Hello, hello, hello. Say, Siggy, you ever get the feeling that we've we've done this already? No, but this kind of bit has been done before. Huh. Well, actually, that is the perfect segue to introduce the first movie up for discussion today, which is 2020's feature film Palm Springs, starring Kristen Milioti and Andy Samberg, which actually is the perfect segue to introduce the first movie up for our discussion today, 2020's feature film Palm Springs, starring Kristen Milioti and Andy Samberg. Currently, it's available on Hulu. It's a thoroughly entertaining 90 minutes of Milioti and Samberg reliving the same day over and over and over again, which makes it the perfect pairing for our second movie up for discussion, And if you think I was going to say Groundhog Day, then you didn't actually read the episode title very well, did you? Which either worries me or excites me that we got some real roll-the-dice kind of listener going on here. That's exciting. Um, Baby shoes. No, not not Groundhog Day. For despite using the same instantly comparable to Groundhog Day convention as, well, Groundhog Day, its its similarities to Palm Springs end, you know, kind of right around there. And I I felt it was much more a thematic companion piece for 2016's Passengers with Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. Good call. A movie I wanted to discuss on this show for a long, long time. And I swear I'm not forcing a comparison just so I can talk about it. But first, let's begin with a few rounds of track marks. The exciting new movie guessing game that's taking this podcast by storm. And with a quick rundown of the rules, we have here a very special guest, the inventor of track marks, also the co-host of You Watched It Wrong, Wade Carney. Oh, I'm I'm flattered. I'm flattered by your generous introduction. Yes, track marks. So, if you're new to the podcast, this is a a game where we take... (laughs) Earlier I was stumbling because I missaid Lawrence, and I was trying to figure out if I should go back and say Lawrence correctly, but you'd already thrown in a nice little thing, and I thought, well, maybe I'll, do I keep it or do I not, do I not oh, keep it? That's sorry. what was going through my mind at the moment. I wasn't thrown by it. I was like, I want to keep it, but I didn't say her name right. You also said similarities, which delighted me. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking of simulacrum. That always, <laughs> that always gets me. Um, so the, the uh, rules for track marks. Um, this is a game based around the uh, uh, original score when they're released on CD, audio tape, 8-track cassette, 
streaming, whatever you listen to your original movie scores on, like I do. Picture disc. Listen to um, So you take the name titles that are listed, the, the names of each track on the soundtrack, not for songs, just for the score selections. We read those off in an order from least, usually cherry-picked to be in an order from least uh, telling to most telling. The sooner, the, and then when the contestant figures out what the movie I'm talking about, Chimes in, wins the round. Yeah. So I like that ordering part. Well, okay, that's my contribution. But then it's a puzzle. It's like a puzzle yeah. for the person selecting the the soundtrack to quiz the other person because it's hard to figure out sometimes what the best order is. Yeah. Like last week on Starship Troopers, I didn't know Starship Troopers that well, but I knew you did. So the first track, you got it. Hold on one. I didn't. Hold on one. And that might just be because you love the movie or because I gave a very obvious one first without realizing I'd it. I'd also seen Don't, it no. fairly recently, so it was fresh. <laughs> okay. Well, let's see here. Okay. Shall I go first or you go first? I'll go first. Okay. You go first. All right. All right. Let the, Hit me, baby. Let, let, let you be treated with uh, the game being played on you. Okay. I found right. this one a challenge to order. Um, I, I try to think of these as golf holes. And I try to set a par for where I think an average movie listener or movie watcher who is familiar with the film but hadn't, like, just watched it would probably mm-hmm. most likely get it. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like more like a <laughs> peewee golf kind of par rather than a professional right. course. My companion here, Wade, I would say is a professional class golfer on the course, so I expect you to beat par every hole, but we'll see how we do, okay? We'll oh, that's right. You do sign par. I didn't get par. I've, okay. I've, I've put these... I'm saddling you with these expectations, but that's because I'm, I'm just so impressed with your talent, Wade. Okay, here we go. <laughs> All right. This is the order I did it in. Okay. Not okay. in order on the album. Not just in order on the One. Desert Sweet. Um, uh, 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 wrong guesses don't count, right? That's right. Uh, cool World. No. Okay. Okay. Two. There is something called Desert Sweden. Oh, wow. He memorizes the tr- titles of the soundtrack. <laughs> See, this is why. That's next level. Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there is. Okay. Okay. It's over, parentheses, goodbye. And those are both in quotes. They're each in quotes. So it's over uh-huh. is a quote. And then in parentheses, goodbye familiar. is a quote. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Number three. Stroke three. Trust me. Also a quote. Oh, it's um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. No. That's why I, 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 I anticipated uh, that one. I anticipated that one. Okay. Try. Is it, a, it could be an, it's still an Indiana Jones one, though. Number so four. SWAT Team Attacks. It's not an Indiana Jones one. Okay. Desert Sweet. Helic- it's, it's weird. There's so many tracks called Desert Suite hmm. that's running through my head. Go Maybe ahead. it's all like a oh, reference yeah. to Lawrence of Arabia or something. Yeah. Desert Suite. It's over. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. And then Trust Me. Trust Me. SWAT Team Attacks. SWAT. Helicopter Chase. Next one is Tanker Chase. Oh, the gears are turning now. I knew that would get a gear turn. Mm, tanker chase. Those two in conjunction. Oh, okay. Oh, wait. SWAT team attack, tanker chase. 
Like now I can't get bus cocaine out of my I head. Believe, I believe I believe we have an approach shot <laughs> onto the green. <laughs> with the next stroke. Happy Gilmore. Damn it. <laughs> here we go with the next stroke. Into right. the steel mill. Oh. This is Terminator 2 Judgment. Yes! That's, a, right. that's an eagle. <laughs> that's an eagle. Two under par. Taker chase. I should have. Helicopter. I own this one. It's by Brad Fidel. Nice. It's, uh, it's composed by Fred Brad Fidel. I, I own this one. That's where yeah, I thought. Yeah, yeah. That's where I thought you would get it. <laughs> yeah, that took me way too long. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe helicopter yeah. chase and then tanker chase because those tanker, come right that, after each other in the movie. It should. You know what? I actually watched a clip from that today. Oh, weirdly. really? A master pancake clip. Uh, making fun of it. Nobody should make wow, fun of it. Wow, that's um, next one was one. John and Dyson into the vault. Mm-hmm. Now I don't remember the character Dyson's name. I do, yeah. That but I That's figured you Joe probably Morton, do. I think. And then, and then Sarah on the run, and I thought Sarah was going to be enough when, of a giveaway. You know what's weird that that that's I really do love listening to that soundtrack. Um, and it was one that when I got it, I was like, this isn't the best score, but it's nice to listen to, and just for the main theme. And there was one other two other things, but that second or third track, which is Escape from the Hospital. Yes. What's it called? That yeah, I. Truly love that mu- that piece of music. Yeah, Sarah it's escapes great. from the hospital is the Sarah's, something yeah. like that. I wasn't gonna put that one. Now here's the one yeah. I didn't know where to put it. Cameron's Inferno. Cameron's oh no. Right. He didn't. If you put it like right at the beginning, then like you're not gonna think it's about the director. You're gonna think it's a character name. Right. And I thought, well, maybe that'd be a good red herring. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Right. Yeah. But I I I, I stuck it down in the order. Okay. All right. Nice. Two under par. Very Correct. good. All right, now here's one for you. Number one. Double bubble. Double bubble. Okay, wait, hold on. Double bubble. Would this be directed by our friend Joel Watson? <laughs> <laughs> that, no, that's the, that would be the sequel to Bubble Quandary. Oh, so okay. Double bubble All quandary. Right. Yeah. All right, no. double bubble. Hmm. Okay, this sounds familiar. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to take my next stroke. A new mission. All right. Love that's lost. Love that's lost. Mm-hmm. Okay. What we leave behind. Now, this is going to be like a par seven, because I really stacked it with innocuous ones up front. Okay. Kind of innocuous, mixed in there. Right. They're all innocuous. Double bubble seems like, I yeah. don't know, that seemed like a good clue. What we leave behind, that was though I just said. All right. Caught. Caught. Okay. Hotel. Hmm. Sky bridge. Guy bridge? Sky bridge. Guide? Sky, as in S-K-Y. Sky Bridge. S-K-Y. Sky Bridge. Um, That's like a... Wait. Sky Bridge? This is like a sci-fi thing. They open up the Sky Bridge and they travel somewhere. This sounds familiar. Well, let's just keep going. Okay. Trader. Is that with an A-I-T or an A-D-E-R? A-I-T, sorry. Okay. Traitor. 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 Okay. 
You are going to help us. Okay. Rejuvenation. Rejuvenation. Skybridge. Boy, Skybridge. Beach. What? Beach. Okay, wait, come on. Uh, Skybridge. The Skybridge, I'm going to say, Skybridge is kind of meant to throw you off a bit. Really? <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. Wait. I feel bad now watching it. I put that in there to fuck with you. There's a hotel <laughs> and there's a beach. Right. Well, how many rooms? So, and Double Bubble, a new mission, Love That's Lost, uh, What We Casino Leave Behind. Casino Royale? Caught. Nope. Oh, okay. Hotel, Skybridge, Trader. You are going to help us. Rejuvenation. Beach. Drive to the mine. Drive to the mine. Well, that could be anything. But the mine. Lots of movies have mines. I just kind of thought that was going to give it away. Oh, really? Drive to the mine. I mean, uh, why would you drive? I always go first. Uh, oh, uh, the old guard. <laughs> I, I knew as soon as I got there, you'd get it. Okay, what's Skybridge? The, no, the rest ones of uh, the Iron Maiden, Andy's Mission, What If We Don't Live Forever, Nile, Nile's Rejuvenation. Those were all, were all just there for fun. Okay. I knew you were going to get it, and I always go first. Kai Hotel. Very nice. All right. By Volkel Bertelmann and Dustin O'Halloran, oh. dual composers. See, that's what I'm not doing is get, having the credits ready. That's pretty bad. That's okay. I, I already supplied it for your last one. so <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're, you're on that. Okay. All right, here's mine. Yeah, now that was a good example of a of 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 it of me twisting them all around to where to confuse you. And I yeah. that wasn't cool because a new mission uh, caught beach trader you're going to help us. Those are all should be giveaways if I'd put something if I hadn't mixed them all up in the beginning. Right. You know? So Okay. So that was kind of mean. Double, what that. does double bubble refer to? I, I was I didn't remember it right off the bat. I think that's when uh, she's giving candy to the kids in the um, when oh. you first meet Nile and she's giving candy. Boy, that is. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was. I put it there to throw that's, you. Yeah, off. that's a little. And what's Skybridge? That's the thing they're fighting on at the end. I think. Oh, that's what that's called. It just looks it like, like some skybridge between, yeah, uh, something like that. I thought it was penthouse too. Okay, though. interesting. Uh, All right, skybridge just sounded familiar. Like I, yeah. Open the skybridge. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Here's mine. I'm setting this as a par ten. Ooh. I think this is a challenging. How one. many? How many selections are there? Total. Yeah. Twelve. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Not a lot of leeway here. Okay. All right. Hit me. Okay. Number one. Trouble with the law. Death and roses. Mm -hmm. Keep painting. Right bicep. Supreme flames. Joe's decision. Joe's decision. Okay. Meet Joe Bowers. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, it can't be this. It can't be this simple. It can't be meet Joe Black, is it? No. Okay. No, All right. Death Joe and Rose. Wait, was it? Meet what Joe was the Bowers. Death and Rose? I know, but but death. What was the previous ones? 
Previous Joe's clues. decision. With the pre- all of them. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Trouble with the law. Trouble with the law. Death and roses. Death and roses. Keep painting. Keep painting. Right bicep. Supreme Flames. Joe's decision. Meet Joe Bowers. Dumb and angry mobs. Why am I not getting Joe Bowers? Dumb and angry mobs. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. President Joe Bowers. What? Okay. And this one is history of man slash garbage avalanche. Oh. Super face palming. Is this idiocracy? It's, yes, idiocracy. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't get that. Okay, you made par. That's a hard one. <laughs> yeah. I no, don't even know pa- what. Keep painting. I don't even remember what most of those are in reference to. I remember it's keep trouble with the law, death and rose. I don't remember that one. Meet uh, Joe Bauer, President Joe Bauer. Joe, of course. I can't believe I forgot. And then the last two, there's that only two good. more. Future Shock and Looking for the Time Machine. <laughs> so I thought that was a hard one. It was. It was. Keep painting really. I was like, I know this. What is know that? This. What is that for? What is that about? Maya Rudolph kept saying that instead of she didn't tell him that she was a prostitute, she kept she just said, I'm a painter. Yeah, paint. And so he keeps saying, Oh, you should really you should keep painting. <laughs> Okay. Uh, all right. Wow, that's a good one. Good job. Soundtrack by Domenico Gallo. See, I don't know. I got three to choose from here. You choose for me. One, two, or three? Three. Lucky number three. Three. Okay. Hide. Hide. With an I? H-I-Y-H-I-D-E. Okay. The verb. The why? That'd be a pretty good clue right at the bat. Yeah, Maybe. Like, the pivoting has returned. Hide. Call the police. Oh, that could be a lot of movies. Yeah. Dragon eyes. Dragon eyes. The, well, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Yes, correct. Is it? <laughs> it is. Wow. It is. I, I thought I was going to wait till uh, uh, I don't know, Friend of Yours, Escaped Iron Bay. I don't know. Of course, I, yeah, that was awesome. Good job. Oh, thank you. Who's the professional now? Well, that's one of my favorite <laughs> movies, so. That's why I picked it. Thank you. Well, just for, just for, for, for shits and giggles, since you got that one so quickly, how about this one? Okay. Precious Metals. Uh, Build a house and live in it. Well, th- this is Passengers. This is Passengers. <laughs> I got it. I got. I got it with the first one, of course. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, we'll get to that later. Yay. Thank you. Thank you for uh, that. And that was track marks. <laughs> <laughs> but now, now let's get to let's get to the let's get to part one. Um, Palm Springs. Uh, this movie is from this year. Uh, it was did a good big at the uh, at um, one of the film festivals. I, I'm well prepared on this one, obviously, and uh, was released on Hulu exclusively uh, on July 10th of this year. So it's only been out for a little over a month, 
uh, almost two months at this point. I have to say, I was, uh, in fact, the idea to make this a two-parter, um, besides the fact that I've been wanting to do Passengers for a very long time, Carrie had watched this first without me uh, and came and then told me, this would make a good pairing with Passengers. You should consider that. Mm. And then I saw it, and I was like, absolutely it should. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get into that fun stuff later. But for a movie that, uh, we'll just, just, well, just the elephant in the room. Obviously, this movie is going to have comparisons to Groundhog Day because of its the the, the magical element that drives the the plotting, and specifically waking up every day. And when you fall asleep waking or up. die, you wake up again, and your day starts. Right, exactly. To a, to a uh, repeating so sound cue. Any movie that does something like this, be it Palm Springs, Twelve O One, Edge of Tomorrow slash Live Die, Live Die Repeat. Any movie like this gets the inevitable comparison to Groundhog Day, um, rightfully so, mainly because it's a huge touchstone and a brilliant and a, and a great movie. It's, it's but a classic. It's it's, it's a classic. It's in the it's in the pantheon. Now there there have been movies with time loops before, but had there I was I kind of was trying to do a quick research to find out has there been a movie prior to Groundhog Day about someone reliving the same day over and over? I mean I know it's a it's a Nietzsche concept that. You know, everything that happened before happening, you know, all that and stuff. But as far as just movies go, I was hard-pressed to come up with one. I, I didn't, actually. I, when Groundhog Day came out, came out, I don't recall it being compared to any other particular Anything. film. It was um, celebrated for the novelty of the premise, as I remember. Right. So, yeah, I find that really interesting. Uh, that, uh, well, I mean, I find it interesting that, like, you know, from now on, it's all ground. Everything's... Everything's like this is Groundhog Day, and but weirdly, instantly, Groundhog Day so infused itself with, it stuck its flag so well into that concept, right? That the first movie that did the same thing, the first one I can remember anyway, was a movie with uh, Jonathan Silverman and uh, Martin Landau called Twelve O One, which was pretty good for a TV movie. I think it, I think it was a TV movie. I don't remember this and, one. And um, it was about a science experiment that went wrong that Jonathan Silverman was in no way connected to, I don't think. But he, over the course of the thing, discovers what's happening. It's, it was not bad, but it immediately drew, uh, like, like everything was like, oh, well, this, this is a ripoff yeah. of Groundhog Day. It's just taking the thing. But yet every movie that's done it, most of them have been really kind of good in their own right, just fighting that Groundhog Day comparison. This one obviously gets the comparison. But and while it treads a lot of the same ground, um, Groundhog Day could easily be... Uh, and I'm, I'm curious what you think about the. Uh, well, Groundhog Day could easily be considered... You could rename Groundhog Day the self-improvement of Phil Connors because that's <laughs> what the movie is, right. right? And though the people in the town and his crew and Andy McDowell, they all... They all inform him and are important in, in that journey of him kind of think of someone other than himself. Um, the movie isn't really concerned with them. Like, Andy McDowell doesn't really have an arc. She can't really in, in the small pace of time that her life actually is in. And also, um, she's just kind of a perfect person off the, off the bat. Yeah. Like, she's, there's no <laughs> right. room for improvement there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. <laughs> She's the Steve Rogers of that movie, yeah. basically. Whereas um, Palm Springs expands that out a little bit. I mean, I, I would say this is definitely 
Sarah's movie. This is Christine Milioti's movie. It's, I would think she's the lead character. We meet Sandberg first, and he, uh, but, but I would think it's kind of her story, but it's, I agree I mean, it's definitely with a two, that. Um, it's a two-hander for sure. Yeah. No, I, I really liked how it is not, like, does not try to be coy with the premise at all. Like, right. just like hits you over the head with the hints. It lets you figure out for yourself first, but it like gives you ample clues that, yes, this is a Groundhog Day type movie. Adam right. Sandberg knows Andy Sandberg. I always say call him Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Andy Samberg's character um, uh, has been through this before and, and is, is repeating it. Like, you can tell from her yeah. eyes, like, you can tell that he's been through this scenario however many times. Yeah, they don't, and it's just treating it like, wait a, till like like this 45 is, minutes into the movie yeah. to, like, say, this is a Groundhog Day right. situation. This is just one of those infinite time loop situations you might have heard of, right? Like, this is... <laughs> that I might have heard about? If it was a 90s movie, it would have been... They would have name dropped Groundhog Day like Office Space name dropped Superman <laughs> three, right? <laughs> right. But right. they they treat it more like it's its own genre. Like we are doing a time yeah. loop movie movie genre. Like that's yeah right. Yeah. Now what are we gonna say about life? Yeah. Within that genre, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's play with it now. I really like that. I thought it was really really smart. Really rewarded the intelligence yeah. of of the viewer, um, and. Just like recognized, Groundhog Day is a de facto like all-time yeah. great comedy, which it is. Yeah, and 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 it didn't it didn't cheapen the genre, it didn't cheapen that movie, it didn't cheapen itself, and it didn't do. It, it was like having a, a road trip movie. It's like okay, we're doing a road trip movie now. What are we going to say about life in in the confines of this road trip movie? Yeah, it's it's her story, but Sandberg's is Niles. Sandberg's Niles. <laughs> Niles with a Y. Sandberg's Niles has to undergo his own transformation in order to match Sarah's grown, own growth or be left behind. So it, they're, they're, they both need to change greatly in order for um, the movie to have a satisfying ending uh, or an outcome at all. And, uh, and it, was, it was really, it was a, it's a tight 30, 90 minutes, not a lot wasted, yet feels very, lack, you know, very, feels very breezy. Um, and does get in some pretty weighty things, but it's in its own right. And also, it does a really good job. One thing I appreciated was there's a lot of, obviously, the man-child arrested development uh, problem is a huge thing, not only... It's, in, it's a huge thing in movies for the past 20 years because it's a huge problem in our actual society. Um, and this one was the first one I saw that really let you feel the weight of why someone would you know be conditioned to settle for that rather than just like not try anything that they just that like it you could see why that comfort was there for him despite it being a living hell for him yeah it was it was um, a logical outcome for him to yeah. get to that place like he he reached kind of it's, a zen it, you know, people talk about yeah. Groundhog Day as being a philosophical movie, and uh, mm. and uh, um, whatever the character's name is has to reach enlightenment, Phil. and you know, yeah. in order to escape from the loop. But um, but Niles has kind of gone a different way, and he's reached kind of a Zen state where he's just accepted that he can't change things, and he's just going to live moment by moment. 
even if the moments are always repeating. Yeah, and he he developed what what we see in the beginning is he's actually developed what we think is a pretty good and seductive attitude towards life in general. Like as this put in the trailers, you know, when she says, "So we're just so so we're just stuck here." You know, we this this is. What, what did she say? Oh, he goes, we, we can't live like this. And he says, well, actually, our only choice is to just live. Right. And there was both a serenity and a terror about that statement <laughs> at the same time. But really, if you took it on its, extracted it from its context, it's actually, you got no choice but to live. So we should just, you know, we live our lives. But then as the movie goes on, you realize that he's developed this philosophy be, uh, to protect him. It's a system that works for him that after he meets, after he shares all this time with Sarah, it doesn't work for him anymore. And it takes him a while to, to find it. I think Sam, uh, they both are fantastic in this movie. I think both our leads are, are very winning and put in great performances. Sandberg, I expected it from her. Sandberg impressed me with how layered he could get in this movie. And I don't mean to, I don't mean to, to piss on him, but maybe with second viewings, it might work. Cause when I was kind of breezing through it again today, yesterday, the first three quarters, it's even better. Cause you see, knowing what you know about him, his character later on and what he's done, you, you see how much is actually going on. That campfire scene, even on the first viewing to me was his performance. in that is so good. Both of their performances. The, are just, the candy bar scene. Yeah, the candy bar scene. That's my early entrant for best written scene of 2020. (laughs) It really is. I love that scene. It really is. It's a fantastic scene, and and he, his, um, and then now knowing that he has some secrets that he's keeping from her, um, and watching him how he wants to, he's feeling the pull to share and resisting it, and and. His philosophies are breaking down, and he just is like, and and then when he sometimes realizes the only way to get out of some of the thing, the the narrative twists and turns that he's created by his lies, is just to admit, is just to speak the truth, mm-hmm. um, in some areas without telling the truth, and um, it's it's a fantastic, yeah, it's an utterly fantastic scene, um, and he's great in it, she's great in it, she's telling the truth even and. She's revealing things about herself. She can't help but reveal them anymore. But then she's also... She can't reveal that she doesn't like the games he's put playing with his quote-unquote philosophies, but she's not going to call him on it. But she can't not reveal it. It's just—it's so wonderfully done. Um, do you think that he honestly couldn't remember what he did before? Because he's evading a lot, but then when she said, "What did you do before uh, before you got here?" and he's like, I, "I don't remember." That's so. That's an interesting thing about the movie is how much of a blank mm-hmm. slate he is. It's I'm not sure how I feel about it. Like, does that mm-hmm. help the movie, or is it just like a way to not put that extra baggage on the narrative? Like, it seems like it works character-wise, that he, he's he been doing this so long, he honestly doesn't remember, he's completely detached from any consequence, you know, he's, he's known for a long time that anything he does this day is going to reset, and so no, none of it matters, right? There's no point Except in... Except for pain. 
There's no point in forming relationships. There's no point yeah. in um, in taking anything seriously. So like it, so Jim, him just having no attachments from prior to the time loop, like fits thematically with that. It fits with the the contours of of the right. character. Now, because he said, I don't care about any of the space before this candy bar is not here anymore. Does it make him? <laughs> Does it make him less interesting of a character than he could otherwise be? That's the part I, I grapple with. That is an interesting question. Is he more or less? Yeah. Like, is it because is it, does it seem like the writer should have figured that out or or not? Well, he does. I mean, let's put a pin in this part later. I don't want I want to explore this part a little bit later. But in the at the end, he mentions he does remember like he has a dog and it's with a neighbor. That's right. I, but we want to. We we want to. I don't want to get fully into that yet. Let's get into that later. But he, they do say that later. Um, oh, to ask you, yeah, answer your question in in oh. the moment from and Andy Samberg's performance, I believed him that he actually didn't remember that that wasn't even yeah. on a rewatch. Mm-hmm. That that wasn't. Uh, he wasn't just trying to get out of a conversation there. I think it surprised him too. He was like, "I really, I, I don't know." And this is this. Brings up some similarities between with Groundhog Day, but with the original first draft of the script. There, I, I might, I'd recommend um, if if anyone is is interested to. There's a Kindle book available, um, an ebook. I, I don't know if you can get it anywhere else other than Amazon, um, but um, called How to Write Groundhog Day by Danny Rubin, I do believe is the name of the screenwriter. It contains his original draft, and it contains the process. It's not how to write Groundhog Day, <laughs> but that's what the, it's. It contains the history of the script and what he was thinking of and why he wrote it and and the process it went through to become what it is. And it's. I think it's it's well known that the original script of Groundhog Day was, you know, kind of began with the scene of Phil Connor sitting on a park bench, saying "dog bark." Car passes, hmm. plane flies overhead, and you and you're supposed to be going. How does this guy know what's what's going on? And then like he remember the guy drops the nickels, he takes the bag of money out of the back of the armored car and walks off. So that's how the script originally be, kind of began, with like you seeing him already in this world, and then you go back and find out how he got there. Okay, and um, Palm Springs kind of does that. In this, in the scene, in the wedding scene, when uh, Andy Samberg is da- was dancing, maneuvering through the crowd, mm-hmm. and knowing how everybody is going to move, right. I love and that kind scene. of and so yeah, so that kind of is kind of a resurgence of that excised format, right? Where he's coming. Who is this guy? This yeah. crazy looking guy. How does who he doesn't know exactly what his... to say in this speech? How does he know these details Ex- about these people? <laughs> How is he doing this? And that's intriguing and entrancing and like what and engaging and and you see why she follows that, um, tries to follow that thread despite the fact that it's very very strange. Um, and so in that draft, and I know that that Harold Ramis and Danny Rubin and I think Bill Murray and the studio all kind of fought over how long they thought Phil Connors was stuck in that time loop. Mm. Like in, in um, I think um, they, I think um, Harold Ramis wanted it to be a couple of, like three to four years. And uh, the studio wanted it to be like a week and a half. <laughs> I 
because, you know, you can do life changes in that amount of time. And Danny Rubin's script said he was there for like millennia. Hmm. He was there for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And it was in that scene at the campfire that I started to wonder, has he been there this long? Has, has Andy Samberg been there for thousands of years? And um, maybe, but would he still have a, this coat of armor of not progressing and nothing matters? And kind of like what we were talking about with the old guard, would they, would they be that cynical after having tried everything? Uh, at that age, mm-hmm. but it was an interesting uh, 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 thing to. Uh, uh, I, I, I had a lot of fun pondering all that. Well, a bit, an important moment in that scene is right before. Well, no, it's right after. It's when they see the Brontosauruses, Diplodocus, yeah. if you will, um, <laughs> and he says, "That's new." That's new. which is like summing up like why this moment and why she means something to him because he just has run out of new things to do for so long right um that he's just bored he, like he's you know he's he's right. but he's accepted he's gone beyond boredom where he's just embraced the the boredom and he's just he's just living in a purely right. sensory um experience uh, uh until until she gets stuck in the time loop with them and now he's experiencing something new he wakes up with a smile in his face because he actually has something to look forward to every day Right, right. For the first time, that but that he can that's remember. not at first, and, and and that was a lovely sequence as as they both start to like look forward to waking up every day as before. They mm-hmm. didn't, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, he didn't. He didn't in and the time loop. She didn't before the time loop. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. She didn't. Yeah. Exactly. And so when he first f- discovers that she went through the loop, he is strangely like. At the first viewing, I was like, he's strangely disaff- like still disaffected and kind of nonchalant about it. Whereas this is a huge deal. And maybe, I mean, he just did the thing he said he was never going to do again, right? To never be so careless as to subject anyone else to this. Yeah. And here he's done it again. So, I mean, maybe a part of it was self-preservation because the last person stunts and stalks him. <laughs> Occasionally, who um, J.K. Simmons I thought was really funny in this movie yeah. and really, really good. And so, like, like, but he was kind of cautious. Like, eh, it's kind of a instead of like, and, and how did that square with his what we do to other people matters kind of thing? One thing about Meredith Hagner, uh, bless her, she's I worry she's destined to play this type of part forever. Because she just plays them so well. <laughs> I've seen like three movies or so where she's playing this type of character. And it's like, oh, I feel bad. And I think that this is what she's going to get. She, I, hope, I hope she gets to, I hope she gets to uh, branch out a little bit. Is she a character actor now? <laughs> yeah. I um, haven't seen anything else she's been in. Well, she might be in a future. You might want, you, you might watched it wrong. <laughs> I don't I know, know the name of our own show. Uh, he's got a. She might be in a future selection for you. Watched it wrong. If, if uh, we we need to, uh, it's another one I've been toying around called The Oath, from two years ago. Oh. Don't know that uh, one. Where she plays basically the same kind of character, only only way way bitchier. <laughs> but yeah, I, like you said, this movie's so good about not making the the, the magical device 
make the scene solely about, hey, look at this magical device, like so many ripoffs tend to do. This one actually uses the way it uses the device to show show us more about the characters, show us what they're to develop their characters and their growth. It's I really um, I, I think you know when I was thinking about putting this in in. I put this really high in my movies for, that I've seen of this year, because um, it's very charming and very just a, just a, just a good movie. <laughs> it is. I loved it. I thought it was smart. I thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, very well written. Very. The cast is great. Uh, I. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought. Um, uh, Milioti, uh, Kristen Milioti was like. I hope to see her in lots of things. I think she's hilarious and smart, and um, mm-hmm. I, I, I hope to see her in lots of comedies or whatever. She was great. I thought her range in, in the movie was great. What a find. Yeah. If you... Well, she's been around a while. She's been a, a Broadway actress. Well, I haven't been going some, to Broadway. I don't know about you, Wade. So uh, she I may neither. I didn't, yeah. She, she famously was the... Who turned out to be the mother in How I Met Your Mother... In the final episode, spoiler alert. And uh, well, it's, it's over. It's fine. And then, um, but the the thing that surprised me the most was that there's a uh, um, episode of Thirty Rock where she guessed it on. That was one of my favorite episodes, and I was really surprised to see that it was her. It's it's the one called uh, TGS hates Wim- TGS hates women. Okay. And she basically plays these. Scathing takedown of saving of Sarah Silverman. Oh, really? Yeah, and and um, the episode got some heat for much to my surprise. I believe the episode itself got some heat for being kind of anti-women, which was weirdly <laughs> the point of the episode, um, and uh, about how the the show on Thirty Rock. TGS was getting heat for not for hating women, and she's and Tina Fey's like, but I'm a woman. How am I, you know, you're doing this? And so they want to hire a comic to like uh, another female comic to like kind of change things around. And then the person they bring in is Kristen Milioti as this character, as this stand-up who is infantilizing sexuality. Okay. And just really, I mean, Sarah Silverman doesn't do that, but you could kind of tell there was a little bit of this. All right, <laughs> I like Sarah Silverman a lot, so like, I, do too. Um, I wasn't, uh, uh, but it, but you could tell there was a little bit of a on her on this. Well, the Sarah and, Silverman um, program was all about infantilism. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> right. And so, um, and but then the the culmination at the end of that episode is fantastic it's brilliant and uh uh if you if you if you get a chance check check that out well i will um, and yeah so she so she was she she and she's great in that role I clearly um, need to educate myself on the career of Kristen milioti <laughs> also one of the best um mid-credit sequences i think i've ever seen oh remind me refresh my memory it's it's uh, jk simmons coming up to Andy Samberg. Oh yeah, that's right. Who's I was trying tux. to remember where that was in the movie. Like where you get yeah. to see it's in the mid credits. Early, early phase M- Niles when mm-hmm. he hasn't given up yet. When he's yeah. Now let me you get a glimpse ask this of question. what he was like in his previous life. Let me ask this question. I posed this to Carrie, who, of course, 
pointed out that, of course, I must hate my audiences. <laughs> but when they went into the cave at the end, spoilers, uh, when they went into the cave at the end and detonated their device. Yes. And it went to black and held for black a little too long. So long that I knew there was going to be another scene. But if it had ended just there, how would you have felt? Well, good question. So one of my favorite movies is Miracle Mile, mm. which is a rom-com in which <laughs> um, the star-crossed... I forgot. I guess it kind of is. <laughs> it's not really a rom-com, but no. it starts out like it's going to be one. Uh, it's just yeah. a little um, uh, possible nuclear war gets in the way. But they, uh, the movie ends, spoiler alert, with um, uh, them dying in an explosion. <laughs> and, Everybody and dies. Blackout, yeah. <laughs> right. And I love that. I, I yeah. loved that ending. Um, what would it have meant? So. Oh, by the way, they died in a helicopter with two. Uh, bodybuilders, right? <laughs> yeah, sinking into they, they the La Brea tar pits. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they but they get to turn into diamonds, so it's uh, yeah. it's beautiful. So at that point in the movie, like the maybe I'm maybe this is in retrospect because I see what they do when they get out of the time right. loop, which is to do nothing, which is to. At first, you'd think they'd be like, they, you know, they spend two months uh, still in Palm Springs, like doing nothing. <laughs> was it two months? I thought it was just the day. That was, was November. The Didn't they say November? Well, remember the day they were stuck on was November 9th, right? I thought it was September. Did I, did I remember wrong? Oh, I think it was. I think it was November 9th that was the day they were stuck on. And they said, oh, I guess it was November 10th when they get back. I guess that makes a big difference, doesn't it? Yeah, I think your version's better. So I think you're well, right. Well, it makes the last line make sense. Yeah. Well, I remember the last line being November. What I forgot was what day it was of the wedding. Pretty sure it was November 9th. But we'll, okay. Well, maybe Cinecron will will check us. No, if we're I wrong. bet you're. It makes a lot more sense. It, it works better thematically. It works better in every way. Still, though, she said, well, what, just that like what do we do now? they would spend the day after their time loop. They would choose to spend it the same way they spent. The day in the time loop, right? It's kind of like, yeah, huh? It, it, it went to bed chewing on that one, right? And because 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 there were two. Oh, sorry, no, go ahead. Well, I'm and sorry. so Continue. and so when I when to answer your question, like how would I have felt? I I might be applying a little bit of hindsight to that, where the point was just that they decided to they they chose to try to escape. And that was more... Well, we know they tried to escape. We did chose to do that, but they chose to kind of stick around each other. And, and to do it together, yeah. And to do it together. Right. And, uh, well, she was escaping with him or without him. <laughs> she was... Right, right. <laughs> right. And, and, and that, to me, I, I take the kind of Jeff Nichols approach because, you know, I, between Mud and, and, and Midnight Special and... You know, all those movies of his that I love that a lot of people do seem to have some issue with and how they end. I take the, that approach of like when the characters get to where you need them to be, the movie's over. doesn't really matter what 
plot-wise or things after that. I like to see those things to get, like if, if they didn't do the mid-credit se credit sequence with J.K. Simmons, I would have been pissed. It's like, so what, he's just stuck there? You know, I would have been mad. But the point was, was that it got Andy Sam, it got Kristen Milioti, it got Sarah to take control of her fate and her life mm -hmm. with or without, you know, and not attached to anyone else. She's taking control. Uh, and not just letting it flounder all over her. And then Andy Samberg got to the point where he was like, I found meaning and purpose, uh, and I would rather, I'd rather die with you than live without you. And yeah. that's, that's where they both needed to get. And once that happened, it honestly, to me, if they had died, it would have been fine. I, I think so, too. If they too. Had woke up in the same place, it would have been fine. If it had worked out there. So, in a way, I was like, what mattered already happened. So, I kind of was hoping it would just end and then do the mid-credit sequence. You know, that would be great. Um, well, so what's different about the, the, their two situations, though, besides one of them can remember life before the time loop and one of them can't, is that Niles is kind of treating the time loop as sort of a protective bubble in a way mm -hmm. whereas she feels trapped by in her guilt like she wakes up every morning in the right. aftermath of this terrible betrayal of her sister and it's like she's she's waking up at her bottom out moment <laughs> yeah. you know more she's waking up rock bottom every day yeah and so it's a decision to escape that is to escape like the time loop is her own like behavioral cycle her she drinks too much and she fucks around too much. You know, she's she's done being a fuck up. Escaping the mm -hmm. time loop is is escaping like the, the time loop is just a metaphor for the life she was already living before the time loop, right? Right. And so by escaping the time loop, she's also making the decision to escape that her own pattern, her own behavior pattern, right? right? Um, and so just the fact Which that makes she the yeah, just the fact that she has like made a project of that and is making the final step. And that she's taken a heart. Niles's point, which I think is the, I think is the theme of the movie, which is pain matters. What we do to other people yeah. matters, right? Right. Um, like it doesn't matter that it, it's meaningless because to if everything forgets everything and resets everything. We remember it, and yeah. that's that's the important thing. Right. We remember what we do. Right. Like, it's, it's part of building yourself. It's part of working on yourself, right. right? And so the fact that she has made the move to to do it is its, a, its own victory, even if it doesn't work, yeah. even if the cave collapses yeah. and she dies. And the fact that That's she... Right. Uh, this is the Groundhog... The real Groundhog Day moment is that she says, now that I have my plan, I'm going to make my last day the best day I can make it. Because that's the one that's going to count. That's the one that yeah. the consequences are going to stick around. Um, which does make me wonder how she gets the C4 on the day when <laughs> she's going to go through all the bridesmaid or maid of honor duties. I mean, they kind of, they kind of make reference because he, he, he puts the bomb in the cake. That's, so he gets C4 they, from somewhere. That's a good gag so, to set up to yeah. say, so, so, oh, well, we know they can get C4 and that's all you need to know. Yeah. I assume they and get well, it from the bazooka probably, guy. I, I think they get it from the yeah the the, the target shooting guy that he says is his long, <laughs> that he says is his long lost son who 
to get him out of that, get, to get him to the final climax, but then you just hear sound effects of him driving away, and it's like, <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I assume she figured out where to steal it. Like, she gets up first thing yeah. in the morning, she goes, steals the C4, and then she gets back and something like Which, that. Which, by the way, you can that, fill was in the nice little, that was a nice little misdirect. A very simple one, but one I don't think I could ever think of. How everyone kept saying, yeah, Sarah's, she's down, she's the last thing in the hall, but she's not there. You yeah. Know, she, she, yeah, because you're like, she's not there because she's up and out and gone. You're like, where's she going? But the fact is, she's never been there. Right. I thought that was a really yeah. fantastic um, misdirect. She really good. Did not sleep in her own bed. Yeah. Well, and, right, yeah, and we right. see that when he goes in to when he's trying to find her, when he's feeling guilty after the admission that he had been sleeping with her in the time loop and right. had been resetting. Then he goes to find her first thing in the morning, and her bed hasn't been slept in. It's like, what's going on? She's right. not the crisply make your bed first thing in the morning type. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, regarding that last thing, I think to, for me, the reason why it, I, I liked the, I mean, for, in order for the misdirect to work, for, to, for the, to, the, the C4 to go off, it go to black, it show them, and then you're just going, what? What is it? What was the outcome? And then to see them just floating there as they always do in the same clothes, you're like, what happened? Right. You know, and then have it deftly revealed. When she, well, she goes, well, what do we do now? That could be either way. Like, do, what's our next plan? It must not have worked. And then he says, well, I got to go pick up my dog. And then you're like, it did work. <laughs> so that was a really nice little thing. But it still left me feeling vaguely uncomfortable. And I think the re well, I thought for a reason why at first was because, not again, sorry to compare it to Groundhog Day, but one of the best moments in the movie is when... Phil sees that today is tomorrow mm -hmm. for the first time, and that how that rushes over him. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting emotional at the moment. <laughs> how that kind of comes to him in that one little, it's tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it's so it's so cathartic because we needed that. We needed to see that relief that it was over. That 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 now something change can happen. Because all the times you felt like the movie was building to it and like, this has got to be the day. And then you wake up and she's gone. Yeah. And Sonny and Cher is playing and you're just heartbroken every time. Um, this one movie robs us of that moment. It robs us of the moment of catharsis, of like the realization that we got out. And while that's not bad, um, it's not completely necessary i mean they do a nice little fake out there to have a, a light little ending but considering how heavy everything had been before that uh, in terms of their desperation or her desperation to get out um i kind of felt like what was missing was i didn't think she'd be just laying around on an inner tube doing the same you're right because she she took control of her own life and then um you'd think she'd be like now i'm gonna go well, let's keep going. Like, why, why would I stop and do the same thing? Yeah. So it felt weirdly out of character, which made me think that it was a, if it wasn't for the dinosaurs in the scene in that final shot, I kind of would think that this was a, like a, a, a studio note, honestly, to like, you got to have more than that or change or, or let's redo that ending 
or whatever. Studio note to not end with the blackout. To not yeah. end with the blackout or to not end with whatever they had had before. It kind of felt that way to me. It was like something light, something fun. I think it, I think it is a character it, moment. I was, I was frustrated by it. And I was like, oh, that I loved the first half of this movie, and I didn't like the, love the end, the ending. But now I like it. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, well, mm-hmm. no, what she was doing was she was escaping the guilt, and she escaped it. And yeah. now there's no more. She's still. She's so Gen X. She's still a slacker. She's still. <laughs> I got to come up with better vocabulary right. for this. She's still like a disaffected, c- cynical person. Yeah. It's just but that she escaped not. her own cycle of guilt, and that's all she had to right. do, right? Yeah. Um, but she's still now, the same person she... who's going to drink too much wine at the wedding and not care about, <laughs> and not remember to do a speech, or like <laughs> that the maid of honor has to give a speech. She's still that person. Yeah. She can choose to lay in a pool, but she's not trapped to do so, right? It, it's, she's not doing it because she's got no other option. She's doing it... Of her own volition. She's at not that point. hurting anyone anymore. She's not hurting anyone. I think I think that's it. Yeah. That's what she escaped. Yeah. Good movie. Yeah, really good. I would say, okay, uh, let me here's the part that really sticks in my craw. Okay. Mm. The scene where they're doing shrooms, the campfire scene, the candy bar metaphor that I loved. But then when they go in the tent, she says Let's get it over with. Let's have sex now. And he's like, okay. And it's a very sweet... I love the way the scene is shot. Like, it's very sweet. Footnote. Like, totally on board with the trend of sex scenes. uh, Lady keeps her bra on. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Why not? Uh, You know, we know what's what's going on. We we can, you know... It's like in fantasy movies where... They're not wearing helmets when you know they'd be wearing helmets, but you want to see their faces. It's kind of the opposite. It's kind of the other side of the coin of that. Right. Our minds can fill in the nakedness. Like, we don't actually need to see everything. We don't need the actors to be even more uncomfortable than simulating it. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't mind. But I'm also like, you know, whatever. We have a guy who asked to keep his shirt on uh, during sex, too. So that's... uh, (laughs) In can can I say my favorite line ever said on Scrubs? Sure. Um, shoot, Sarah Chalk's character, who has a, I can't remember her name, Elliot. Uh, Sarah Chalk has a line where she says um, she's dating this new guy that she barely knows, and so she says, ah, "The sex is great. You can just you, because I because I have no existing relationship with him. I'm not afraid to ask for it exactly the way I want it." And someone says. Well, how, how is that? She goes, shirt on, lights out, no talking. And I was like, it, it, she got real quiet and like just, it was really funny. <laughs> you know, and I'm also like, if we're going to get to see some boob, let's get a little uh, glands in there, you know, just like, just the head of the cock. <laughs> just the head poking out or something, you know, yeah. like no yeah. balls unless there's a vagina, like those who... Yeah, that's like yeah, a trade. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a fair trade. <laughs> but you're gonna show me boobs? Show a little, show a little dick in there too. Foreskin, I think we got a. Well, <laughs> foreskin depends. Let's let's be inclusive here, Wade. Oh, that's not the top. Okay, excuse me. I apologize. <laughs> you're talking about just the the the, the neck, where the 
the gla- the head, the um, the head, the apple that the baby's arm is holding. Oh. <laughs> Which, by the way, I I I think I first heard that from uh, Talladega Nights. I heard it like in high school. It was like like a baby's arm holding an apple. Okay, does it go back that far? Because I was listening to um, the Tubes, who have the '80s hit oh. um, "She's a Beauty," "One in a Million mm-hmm. Girl." I was listening to their 70s albums, which are kind of prog. It's very weird, but like humorous. Mm. It's almost like novelty prog. I had turned on the tubes the other day myself. Weird. But there's, yeah, there's um, an album from like 76, which mm. in the midst of and, saying a bunch of stuff, like the last line of a song is a baby's arm holding an apple. <laughs> well, was that around the time when all these bands were all being named after... Semen, basically, Love and Spoonful, and Pearl Jam. When it comes to Pearl Jam, came later. There's only two that come to mind, but I know there's others. Well, the tubes. You think the tubes is a? I never thought about it. You think the tubes is a? Tubes, uh, probably. Uh, you know, can trouser tube dicks, uh, reference. Please. Other album please, covers can we all have just like get over our dicks, please. Yeah, on their album covers, the tubes is written out and like it looks like toothpaste squirted out, but it's like different colors. Maybe that's what that's supposed to be. I hadn't thought about that. Tube of toothpaste. <laughs> and all these that's things what I was that thinking. But maybe that's, at, oh, oh, yeah. Maybe that's supposed to be something else. Got me, got my mind racing now, Wayne. <laughs> anyway, back to my point. Anyway, right. Bras on sex. <laughs> Thumbs up. <laughs> but as much as I enjoyed seeing these two together... The characters, the performers, everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't buy her picking that moment. Like they just had a conversation yeah, she, about how, if you really need to want to know someone, you need to know what came before. Right. And he's I, I he's not only not sharing what came before; he's like showing a a pointed disinterest in it. The fact that she would just pick that moment to to sleep with them just didn't I don't know I just didn't see like how that flip got switched for her yeah I, I it was surprising to me too is it because they saw brontosauruses I, I don't know maybe no I don't think so other than well the, what two things happened there one um she started to see his he was withholding and continuing defiantly Withholding, right? And even in the face of her sharing, yeah, I'm going to share this about my past, about my previous marriage, about my my inability to do this. My I'm I'm putting myself out there and making myself vulnerable, and he just does not reciprocate at all. Right. In fact, he has that really terrible line. I mean, I was almost worried it was going to sink the scene, but it was the thing where he goes, "I'm sorry." But I'm sorry, like, in a way that I, I uh, um, I'm sorry that this beer is empty, that I have to open another beer. And now I got it. I've opened it. I'm not sorry anymore. Right. There's always another beer. <laughs> There's always another beer. And the look on her face is just like, ah, uh, is, is, is sad. So that, that wouldn't seem like it was prompting her towards making that night that moment, you know, unless... She's falling back on her old ways. Unless it's a, it's a, um, I can maybe get to him 
I can get him to open them up if I do this. And, and then the next day when it becomes clear that she ha- has doubled down on her and then faced with, with who she wakes up wet to in the morning, she's doubled down on, I, I, I'm just, I'm not breaking this loop. Yeah. And so I got to break this loop. And then that spurs her to. Maybe that's what sleeping one, with him represents is emotionally trying to break the loop is like just trying to move on. Right. Trying to little, so, don't know if it's a rebound, but something like that. I didn't think this was applicable here, but maybe it is. I, um, I found an old quote I'd written down. I was reading a book called Good Boss, Bad Boss, and I think by Robert Sutton, I think. And the quote that I had found that I'd written down was, when people are emotionally depleted, they focus on improving their moods rather than their, their jobs. And this is in the context of like a workplace, but I think it applies to your home life, your systems you create for yourself, your everything, is that when you're emotionally depleted, you just focus on trying to feel better right now, improve your mood rather than trying to improve, well, how do we break the cycle so I don't have to... You're you're in a palliative mode. You're treating the symptoms. I I got no more emotions to give to this. I can't. I'm, I'm out. So I'm just going to tread water to feel better. Maybe that's, you know, very applicable here. And then it's just the, the horror that came with, I did it again, especially. And, and his, his reaction we now know later is because, well, this is A, nothing new. And he was nervous. I mean, I, for him, this wasn't a new experience for him. Mm-hmm. He had been with her many times. Hundreds is what he said. So, um, but this time was different because he found it more sacred and like, or like it wasn't something he was willing to just trot out Well, because it mattered. He was going to wake up the next morning and it was going to stick. Like, you know, it's going to stick. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I think all of that could have worked. I just didn't think from outside the tent, the scene they had given us to inside the tent, her doing that. I just didn't think they, they didn't walk right. us there. They didn't get us there. The script didn't get us there. And right. it, it just felt like this is the point of the plot where, you know, we're exactly halfway through the movie. Uh, this, is the, this is the point where this needs to happen right. for the next act to begin. And I, I just felt like, like there was just like one brick missing from the, the wall there to, to fill in that hole emotionally for me. I just felt like I, it was like the gears yeah. turned and that's why she slept with him right when she did. Yeah, I mean... Quite like what I expect, unless you have anything else to add, we might be transitioning to our next discussion topic. Quite like that, there, um, oh God, in me trying to make a segue, I forgot the point I was going to make to use in said segue. I can retrofit, I can go back and re-engineer based on what I know, something that makes sense with that. But in the moment... Yeah, it serves as a moment of wanting rather than of guiding. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. So it sounds like you're trying to transition, but I wanted to ask um, a question is yeah. to what extent do you see... So mar- the, the whole movie is very much about marriage mm-hmm. as an institution. And relationships. But like as a committed, you know, marriage mm-hmm. as a kind of commitment to a relationship. Uh, and to yourself. What do you mean? Well, you, you, you are individuals within a marriage. When you're in a couple, you, you, you don't stop mm-hmm. being individuals, right? You, but you are now part of this other unit. 
which is um, which you were applying, you know, either making sacred or, or applying, uh, you know, tons of importance to, but you still need to, you still need to make a commitment to yourself to be as healthy and um, proactive for yourself so that you can continue to function in the roles that your coupledom now demands. Is that, right? well, I don't know. Is that what this movie is, ends up being about though? Well, no, but like, not per se, but, you know, Sandberg couldn't have, or Niles couldn't have um, functioned in a relationship with Sarah unless he had come to his own understanding of what, and, and understanding what he he needed to, 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 to wield his purpose in order to even be able to function or even come to the realization that he wanted, wanted to make that commitment to function in kind of be with her. Um, and then the marriage that they lay out uh, of his, her sister Tala and her, uh, her, hus her husband-to-be. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's just me throwing my own perspective <laughs> on that. I don't know. Maybe it's not really addressed in the movie. Well, I just but, wonder, um, wonder the extent that I just want to acknowledge, like, the, to some degree, you could see the whole uh, time loop um, as being a metaphor for a long-term relationship. Yeah. Oh yeah. That up there, acknowledged. Moving on. <laughs> Cut that out. That went nowhere. And our next feature has another enormous metaphor for a relationship. An actual uh, for sake of doing a bad pun, an actual <laughs> ship <laughs> being a metaphor for a relationship. Do you mean like a space ship? Yeah, it, should, it could have been called the starship relation <laughs> <laughs> instead of the Avalon. But we're going to talk about the 2016's Passengers, a movie, if anything, was made for podcasts like this one. We'll dive into that discussion after a quick break. Stick around. Stick around. 